from Pasadena, California. This is Chris McPeak, and you're listening to the Elevate Your Eight podcast. Well, hello there. How is everyone doing on this fine weekday when you're probably reviewing this podcast? This is Chris McPeak, and I am recording today from Pasadena, my place of employment, my day job that is, and I'm here tonight because I'm the manager on duty for my campus, and it's a perfect time to do podcast recording because there's nobody else around to bother me or call me on the phone. Someone could call me on the phone because I'm technically the manager on duty, but in all of the times that I've had this shift at this job, I've never been called, and now I feel like I... I need to knock on wood so that it never happens to me ever. Um, So a lot of stuff has happened since uh, my introductory podcast was recorded. I have since finished and published the book that has inspired this podcast. The book is, of course, called Elevate Your Eight. It is our sponsor for today, and the book is live on Kindle right now, and you can buy it, and I think it's only $5.99. The paperback is not live as of the recording of this podcast, but it should be live soon, so you have that opportunity to go out and take a peek at that book. I'm really proud of that work. Um, It is something that has been a part of my professional life. For more than 20 years, the way that I've approached time management, and I I know I've given credit to my former supervisor and my former colleague from my years at Webster University, so Tammy Goschel and Colette Cummings, you guys know that this, uh, this whole book, this whole podcast has been inspired by an activity that you guys taught me how to do. So I want to talk a little bit today about one of the elements that is part of Elevate Your Eight. If you recall that it's a basic idea of easy mathematics we're talking about eight hours at your day job or your job whatever um eight eight hours of sleep and then the rest of the 24-hour day is the eight you're going to elevate and in order to make better use of those times those hours you need to have a better grip on how you're spending your time at work and how you're spending your sleep time so i want to talk about sleep with today's episode Bon Jovi recorded a song called I'll Sleep When I'm Dead. And he says, they say, till I'm six feet under, I won't need a bed. Gonna live while I'm alive. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Till they roll me over and lay my bones to rest. Gonna live while I'm alive. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Okay, so this might be an awful example to use because John Bon Jovi is still gorgeous, even though they may read this song in the 80s. Um, But beside the point, we need sleep. There are very specific, important reasons why we need to have our sleep. And there's a bunch of theories behind it. I like the energy conservation theory, which suggests that the primary function of sleep is to reduce an individual's energy demand and expenditure during part of the day or night, especially at times when it is least efficient to search for food. So this comes from back in the day when we needed to sleep because that was the time that we would rest so we could go out and hunt and fish and find food the next day. And I'm into that, right? Because we need rest to be able to do a lot of things that we do in our daily lives, whether it's go to our jobs and attend a lot of meetings, or for you endurance athletes out there, you guys need rest and recovery time so you can get up the next day and train. 
As a swimmer, I know that if I haven't gotten a decent night's rest, I'm not as efficient in the pool. Um, and like my, hus- my husband says that an efficient swimmer will be a fast, f- fast swimmer. And damn it, I want to be fast. So yeah, we need our sleep. Um, my book talks a lot about ways you can improve your sleep patterns and fall back in love with sleep. And at this point, I want to share with you an incredible resource on sleep. I'm a huge fan of the Model Health podcast that Sean Stevenson records. And he wrote an amazing book called Sleep Smarter. And if you haven't gotten your hands on this book, I highly recommend that you buy it. Buy my book first, but then go buy Sean Stevenson's book. Um, It's really, really helpful. And there's some interesting science behind ways that you can improve your sleep. So I'm going to just go into a couple of things here that you can do on a daily basis to improve your sleep. The first one is super, super obvious. Just lay off the caffeine. Um, Different people react to caffeine in different ways. And there's no doubt that this is the reason why they put caffeine in coffee and energy drinks. And for, again, the endurance athletes, there's caffeine in your goo gels and your shot blocks and your energy beans, things like that. Caffeine gives you energy. Energy keeps all of your blood pumping and and your body moving and your, your brain function hitting that pretty hard. Um, according to Sleep Education, they say that caffeine begins to affect your body very quickly. It reaches a peak level in your blood within 30 to 60 minutes, and it has a half-life of three to five hours. And that half-life is the time it takes your body to eliminate half of the drug the remaining caffeine can stay in your body for a long time. So this obviously gives me the reason why if I have a Diet Coke at supper, I'm not going to sleep as well as I normally would. And I feel badly sharing this with you, but I'm going to anyway because this is an honest and straightforward podcast. Since I'm on campus and it's nighttime and it's after seven o'clock, I'm drinking a Diet Coke to make sure that I'm alert and awake during my duty shift so that is not going to serve me well when I go home tonight and go to bed (sighs) there we go big sip okay so let's get back to some some tips for improving our sleep considering effects of other beverages okay so some people do pass out after they drink too much or they party too much um but alcohol is generally not something that helps you sleep um Alcohol consumption can diminish the quality of sleep and often leads to more waking throughout the night. It's considered a depressant, but the immediate effects of alcohol can act as a stimulant. And that's pretty crazy. So drinking alcohol to help you sleep is not really the way to go. And if you're worried about getting a good night's rest on a weeknight, work night, school night, whatever, um, maybe lay off the liquor at dinner time, have a glass of wine at dinner and then move on. Reducing the evening entertainment. I used to be one of those people that absolutely needed to fall asleep with the television on. And I have come to realize that I don't really, I don't really need to do that anymore. Um, HuffPost cited an article that stated that 68% of participants who watch TV for more than 55 minutes, at least two hours leading up to bedtime, are affected by that time that could be spent sleeping. Um, And particularly if you're watching something that is high energy or high drama, emotional, that kind of thing. So um, maybe lay off the the TV before bed. 
Now let's talk about the cell phone. And some of you are probably going to want to throw this podcast across the room because you might be listening to it on your cell phone. But um, and I again, in the spirit of true transparency, I am one of the worst culprits of this particular sleep issue. Um, Mobile phones can be the world's biggest blessing and biggest curse at the same time. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I love my phone. And I love all the productivity apps that I have on it. And I love that I can check my bank balance and keep up with my social media for my business and that I can reach out and connect with people on my swim team and do all those other things. But the science is just really too clear about this and and phones really don't belong in the bedroom. So USA Today had shared an article that says to fall asleep, your body needs an increase in a hormone called melatonin. The problem is a backlit phone or a tablet decreases the melatonin production, and this can lead to tossing and turning in the bedroom. Now, if you're an iPhone user, you know that they introduced the night shift feature on their phones, which reduces the blacklit blue lights to a warmer tone. And I know there's also glasses that you can purchase that reduce the amount of blue light your eyeballs are taking in. Um, And there's major concerns with radiation that's emitted by wireless phones. The National Cancer Institute has an entire fact sheet dedicated to this. And some of the details state that cell phones emit radio frequency energy, a form of non-ionizing radiation from their antennas. Tissues nearest to the antenna can absorb this energy. And if you're concerned about this, read articles about it and look for other places to store your mobile phone at night. Um, I went out and bought one of those alarm clocks that can simulate the sunrise according to your sleep and wake schedule. And I bought one and it's absolutely amazing. Um, It has completely changed the way I wake up in the morning rather than that big blaring, you know, "Ah, ah, ah," on an alarm or or even I used to wake up to um, the song Bitch I'm Madonna because, you know, it was very motivating for me. Um, (laughs) But now I wake up to some some light that's kind of shining on me. Um, in the bed and there's some ocean waves that are part of the background to there so that's been a really nice thing to use instead of my iPhone to set my alarm in the morning Um, then the the last thing I'm going to talk about here where sleep is concerned are your bedroom conditions and this takes all of that stuff from the previous pages and and packages into the way that you put your room together so that you can sleep better um, so for how many, how many times in the middle of the night have you wakened and had night sweats or were otherwise uncomfortably warm? That happens because our body temperature rises and falls during the day and the natural dip of our body temperature can be affected by warmer temperatures. The National Sleep Foundation recommends a bedroom temperature of about 65 degrees for optimal sleep. Now, if you pay attention to what electric companies will tell you about setting air conditioning and heating, things like that, you know that they tell you to set your air conditioner at 78 degrees in the summer to minimize your electric bill. And that's supposed to be, quote, cooling. And it is cooler on days where it's 95 degrees and hotter than that. But if you think about your bedroom being 65 degrees, that is really pretty chilly. Um, But that's apparently what our body needs the most to, to affect our sleep. So something to think about. Um, keeping your bedroom cooler, and you can always load on the blankets um, if you get too cold, or you can snuggle with your significant other or your dog. My dog Duke loves to snuggle. He's a very warm puppy. 
Um, well, he's not a puppy anymore. He's actually quite a big dog. That's beside the point. Um, so light and darkness affect our sleep as well. And Sean Stevenson's book talks about this. Um, he shared that shift work has been classified by the American Cancer Association as a 2A type carcinogen, which is grouped with nitrates, nitrites, anabolic steroids, lead compounds, and consumption of red meat, um, among the longest list of other chemicals that I can't even pronounce. So um, our, our bodies were made to be up during the day when it's light and to sleep when it's dark. And those folks that do shift work are really throwing off their body's rhythm by sort of changing their own surroundings and their own um, natural sleep patterns. Um, and it's hard to make your room completely dark during the day if you work the night shift. Um, my hubby went through that a long time ago and it was it was really hard on both of us because the, the bedroom had to be completely tailored to his needs for sleeping in the day and it made it really hard for me on the weekends to see stuff in my room because that room was so dark. Anyway, um, let's see. What else do I want to share with you guys? Changing your sheets is important. Um, and creating your sleep sanctuary. So having house plants in the bedroom um, and removing all the devices from the bedroom. Just use your bedroom for sleeping and for sex. I think I can live with that. I don't know about you guys. Um, so I think that's everything I want to tell you all today about sleep. And we will be back next week with another episode that will be related a little bit to the book again. And just to remind you one last time, you can download Elevate Your Eight from Amazon right now. And the paperback book, if you'd rather have a book to hold in your hand and read that way, that will be ready within two to three days of the recording of this. So hopefully by the time you're listening, you can go to Amazon and get it. Um, if you are looking to connect with me in another way, which I would love, that would make my day, I'm on Instagram at christmaspeak, K-R-I-S-M-A-S-P-E-A-K, and you can find me on my website, which is www.silverpeakdevelopment.com. I think in the future there will be an Elevate Your 8 podcast website. I did buy the domain. Um, and we'll get there when we get there. So thanks, friends. I appreciate you listening, and I will see you guys next week. Take care. Mm -hmm.